coming to you from the lab where we talk about guns, gear, training, and everything in between. Riding Shotgun is my co-host, Big Keith. I'm your host, Mike, and this is The Gun Experiment. How's everybody doing? Welcome to The Gun Experiment, episode six. In this episode, Keith and I talk to Ryan from Recon Medical, discuss the hassles of carrying a gun and acquiring new skills. I just want to remind everyone that we drop new episodes on the second and fourth Monday of every month, so be sure to subscribe. As always, by my side, the big man, my co-host, Big Keith. Keith, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, Mike. Thanks again for having me on. I'm uh, always appreciative to be hanging out here with you. I love it, man. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, you know, I went back to vodka. I had a you know couple episodes with rum, and you know, I usually go b- between those two. That's that's usually my go-to. I'll have a beer here nice. and there, but. Uh, my nice. my uh, drinking consumption, unless I'm doing the show, has really gone down. Well, then I'm glad we're doing the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what kind of vodka are you drinking? I'm a Tito's guy most of the time. I mean, if, if I, I like go Tito's out, too, I'll have yeah. a you know a good martini with a uh, great goose or, or something like that. But uh, nice. I enjoy Tito's. So you're going to appreciate this. I am drinking the 38 times distilled Strout Ridge bourbon that I got schnookered on that time that we were out. And uh, I'm going to finish this thing off maybe tonight because I'm tired of having it in my house. Well, it's good that you do that. I don't think it's the 38 distilled times that is making you schnookered. But uh, um, (laughs) what is that? I mean, who even does? What is 38 times? Is that necessary? Seriously? No, it's a joke. And and that's why I I say I got schnookered because they told me that. And I was like, oh, I have to buy it. And then I went to a distillery tour and they were like, if anyone ever tells you that, they're like pulling like a fast one. Like it doesn't matter. It it doesn't matter how many times it's distilled. So what is that? The number of, is that the number of loops it goes through? 38 loops? I suppose so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but whatever. It's a joke. So anyway, um, so our guest today is a lifelong and avid outdoorsman who started his business in order to provide quality, lightweight medical supplies in order to serve people and save lives. His company's philosophy is predicated around providing customers with top quality products at an affordable price. Please welcome Ryan Parsons from Recon Medical Supplies. Welcome to the show, Ryan. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks, guys. I'm uh, glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, man. So, uh, do you have a drink in your hand tonight, Ryan? Yes, I have a uh, bullet bourbon with a little bit of ice and a splash of water. That's a proper nice. drink. I actually, I, I like, yeah, I like bourbon a lot, and I definitely always have to do it on the rock. So, I, I can appreciate that. Awesome. So, listen, man, I, uh, I came across uh, you, your company because I actually bought a product from you guys, and we'll get to that a little later. But, um. I am really digging on your company. First off, thank you. Um, I appreciate. Yeah, no worries, man. I, I appreciate you guys doing what you do. And um, <clears throat> if you go to your company's Instagram, which is I am a follower of your Instagram, and man, it is pretty clear right off the bat that you guys are not averse to firearms. You guys are okay with them. <laughs> so I, I had to have you on the show. And I'm the first question I have for you is: How did you get into firearms and shooting and the outdoors? How did how did that kind of happen for you guys? Well, uh, you know, I grew up, uh, around a ranch and, uh, we would just always been exposed to firearms, hunting, fishing, and, and, uh, uh, rifles, shotguns, bird hunting, deer hunting, pigs, and eventually, uh, was exposed to, you know, self-defense and, um, martial arts, uh, CCW, and starting to change my mindset about, you know, what's the 
the best tool to protect my family and friends. And that kind of evolved into uh, carbine training, um, building out my kit, and, uh, you know, upgrading my, my toys. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So we were talking before we kind of went live here and, um, you were mentioning, we were talking about uh, a shared passion for, uh, for working out and, uh, for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Glad I missed that talk. (laughs) You did. You definitely missed that part. (laughs) Um, and, uh, you gotta, gotta listen to a couple episodes back. We had an amateur, uh, uh, MMA fighter on the show wow. and uh, it was a really good, really good episode when he's, uh, he just bought his first gun actually. So it was kind of cool. Ryan, Mike and, uh, um, Andrew, the uh, MMA uh, fighter we were talking with was trying to convince me that it's a great idea for a man of my size to go and play some jujitsu with uh, sweaty other men and me sweating when I peel an orange. Uh, so i i don't call him big keith for nothing keith is a, i i'm a very small person and keith is a very big person yeah there's uh so we we work out with a with a guy that his son is the uh world champion uh jujitsu uh you know fighter um and he's i think he's 21 what's his name uh fisher his okay. dad, his dad is cool. uh, Jeremiah Fisher, and okay. uh, oh, I'm blinking on his name, but yeah, he's the he uh, works out the Rice Brothers in uh, Redding, California, okay. and yeah, he's a world champion, and he is probably wow. about 150 pounds, and he will kick your butt, <laughs> big guys. You live in I, you live in California, Ryan? Yeah. So how that's a way different world than where you grew up hunting pigs and uh, and stuff like that. You're, you're not doing that in California, are you? Well, so we're we're northern California. It's pretty rural, and uh, we have more uh, forestry land and public land around us than um, you know most places in, in all of California. We're about a hundred thousand people, um, and so we had. Uh, family members that ran cattle on 2,800 acres. They had four ranches. They moved cattle all around, and it's it's really sad. I you know I was pretty uh, heavily involved with the California Deer Association because I, f- I feel like the hunting opportunities for young kids are really diminishing. Um, but I was I was Definitely. just fortunate, man. I was so lucky to be young in high school and spend a lot of time with my dad hunting and fishing. And really at the time, I just, I had no idea what, uh, you know, that that opportunity was so rare. Most people don't. Is that where your ranch is? Is your ranch in California? That you yeah, on? California. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so oh, you've been okay. there your whole life. Yep. So, um, so kind of going back to, um, your business, right? So, um, how did your how did your business sort of take off? Like I I, I know that you are, you're like an outdoorsman and and you enjoy that, but what made you say I want to get into medical gear? Well, I remember I was taking a class, carving class, and part of the class the guy was the guy said, "Hey, you know what? You you train your whole life on how to put holes in people, but you never train on how to plug holes." So part of this yeah. class is going to be on pre-hospital trauma care and how to save your life for the life of another person if, you know, someone got hit in a gunfight. And, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe you have a, um, you know, a, a bystander that gets hit 
that's not even part of the fight. And it's just, I, I felt like it was, you know, our social responsibility to know how to shoot and uh, know how to do medicine just as much as you know how to shoot. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I was going to ask you what you think the correlation between guns and medical gear is. And I mean, you kind of, kind of nailed that with that last statement, but, um, you know, I, like, I believe in the, the three holes theory, you know, you have to be able to stop holes, make holes and plug holes and, you know, stop holes, meaning armor, Mm -hmm. make holes, meaning the the firearm and then plug holes, meaning kind of what you're providing, you know, so pretty catchy. I like like that. Uh, I would love to take credit for that, but no, I, I can't take credit for that. I've heard it somewhere, but, um, but I use it a lot and I, I like it and I think it, it's very succinct and it kind of just, it, it covers the plan you should have in, in your head when you're carrying a firearm. You yeah. Ryan, I mean? you better go see if that's trademarked, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you can take it. You can keep it. <laughs> I know. So, so Ryan, I got a question for you yep. and I have a very small amount of, of trauma training and, and I'll probably talk about that a later, but can you explain the difference to our listeners and, and to Keith and I between basic first aid and trauma care? Like what is the, what is the difference between the two? Oh yeah, man. I, I see that. I think of that all the time. Um, you know, now my mindset is completely changed from what, you know, first aid is and what uh trauma care is and the reality is is that people need less first aid kits and they need more trauma kits i mean i agree gr- growing up you know you were like okay you're going on a trip going camping going hunting what do you need food duct tape water duct tape and a first aid <laughs> kit okay check right good to go and you head out but now i realize that you know after you know, the last 10 years of, of evolving into uh, pre-hospital trauma care, that those first aid kits are useless. I mean, your right. your shirt is going to be a better tool than a first aid kit is. So Yeah, I like when they call, like they, you hear people refer to them as like, and I'm talking about guys that are in this, in this realm that we're talking about, own firearms, no medical training, you know, maybe have quite a bit of kit. And you hear them call that like the boo-boo kit. Like it's good to have, yeah. it's good to have a little boo-boo kit, you know, but like that's not doing, that's not saving any lives. You know what I mean? That's, that's like, you know, you get a paper cut, you put a band. Yeah. I, it's great to have. I, it. it drives me nuts when people call them emergency first aid kits. In an emergency, <laughs> I don't need a first aid kit. In an emergency, I need a, I need a bleeding kit. I need a trauma what, kit. Right. What, what is, what are in these kits? Uh, banded, band-aids, ibuprofen. Sting well, relief. That's the boo-boo kits, right? The, those are the boo-boo kits. Yeah, those are the, about the those the, the first the aid boo-boo kits. kits. So, so Keith wants to know what, like, what do you, what do you recommend if someone wants to get into this world? Like, what's a trauma kit? Like, what, what would you recommend people get? I number one thing I think is bleeding. You know, yeah. bleeding, uh, airway, bleeding, um, and some kind of gauze, pack wounds. So, yeah. So can you be more specific? I mean, I, I know a little bit about what you're saying, but to the, uh, to the lay person that has no idea what you're saying, like they know band-aids, they know, you know, maybe they know what a, a splint is, but you know, what is the gear that you need to stop major hemorrhaging and major trauma? What are the things that you really should have? Tourniquet is probably the number one, the number one thing that, that most people miss. Uh, you can in a, uh, 
uh, an accident or a trauma situation where someone is bleeding, if it's uh, you know like a, a stomach bleed, you can take your shirt off and use that as gauze. You can pack a wound, mm-hmm. you can put pressure on it, but if it's a femoral artery that's bleeding, that that you will uh, you will not be able to stop that bleed unless you have a tourniquet. Most you have like minutes, yeah. Right? You have literally have two minutes. minutes. And so that's those are not covered in the emergency first aid. Case. Absolutely not. Yeah, that that's not in the boo boo bag. No, and, <laughs> and most people think you could use a belt, and that's not true. Unless you could use right. a, oh. a belt and stick a and put a stick through it to get a mechanical right. advantage. Um, right, you need what's called the windlass. Right, you, you need, need to windless. have a mechanical advantage. Yeah, uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the the keys to most tourniquets working. And it, I, it, when I, the way I think of it is, you don't have enough strength. Most people don't have enough strength, I guess, to tighten a belt to stop yeah. Yeah. the bleeding from your leg. Right, and yeah. and then once you get to the tourniquet, then from there you start talking about like combat gauze and you can start talking about like um chest seals and things like that right then you kind of move out from that point is that is that fair to say yeah yeah and i you know what i in in california we have a um first responder protection law that says you know if if you i'm not surprised yeah i know right (laughs) we have lots of laws that don't make sense but this is one that that kind of makes sense uh, and it just goes to protect people that are first responders that have a CPR class under their belt and can go in, into an accident and save someone's life with basic knowledge. Everyone can put a tourniquet on or pack a wound. It, it, it's mm-hmm. pretty hard to, to screw it up. And if someone is there with more medical knowledge than you, they might be able to apply the tourniquet better than you did or pack the wound better but in in most instances instances you're not going to do it wrong now if you're talking about a tension pneumothorax where you're punching a needle through someone's chest yeah you you can really screw that up so you know i i like to say look people should have that equipment in their vehicle or on them even though they're not qualified to use it all because you don't know if you show up to an accident or maybe you're in an accident and maybe you're not qualified to to attention pneumothorax with with a big, you know, 14 gauge needle. But and so for those of your listeners that don't know what that is, it'd be a sucking chest wound. So you get a rib right. uh, that punctures your lung and all of a sudden you're starting to getting uh, a collapsed lung um, that you can someone can die right in front of you and there's nothing you can do about it unless you relieve that pressure. So you come to an accident, you're not qualified to do that, but I've, we've heard feedback from our uh, customers that, you know, hey, we were in an accident and a doctor showed up. Doctor didn't have a trauma kit. I did have a trauma kit and the doctor was able to use my equipment to save someone's life. That's a great story. That's a man. great story, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, the, I, I when I was doing this show, I, I came up with the name the gun experiment because there's so much that I don't know. You know, I, I have a good, well-rounded knowledge of things, but there's so much I don't know. And and there's so many people I know that carry guns, friends, and you know, I mean, Keith and I are good friends, and he carries a gun. But you know, Keith, I bet you medical stuff's never some you never even thought of, correct? I mean, I mean, you know, I I have been around this a little bit in my life, but I think I took it for for granted. You know, especially now. 
you know, we're talking with Ryan a little bit. Uh, Are you a boo boo bad guy? Is that I'm a boo boo bad me? guy? Yeah, I, That's I, right. I I started to think about our club, Mike. Do we have any of these things at the club? I know we're. The I bet you we don't. Is. I think we. I think we have an emergency first aid kit that is exactly what Ryan is saying. We should. I've seen it. Have. I've seen it. I've looked at it, and I've been told not to take any pills or anything out of there or something. <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so I, you know, I, I just think it's important. I hope people that are listening to this, you know, they say, oh, I hope no one says, man, why are we talking about first aid kits? Because that's not what we're talking about. We're talking yeah. about saving someone's ass Absolutely. because they, you know, a negligent discharge we, or, we, you know, we got to get that. We got to get some. Look at it this way. Yeah, we're, we're, Most people that carry are carrying to save someone's life, whether it's their own life or life of my own one, more than <laughs> a friend, a stranger. You are more likely to save someone's life using a tourniquet or packing a wound than you are using your gun. Amen, yeah. brother. That's that's, that's awesome. That's truth. Yeah. That's the truth, right? Yep. yep. Num- like that it. numbers don't lie about that. Yep. So, Ryan, if someone decides that they want now, they're listening to the show and they say, "Man, these guys are like these guys are preaching," and I and I want to get some of this, right? So, they want some basic trauma care training, and I and I have a little anecdote, but I'm going to let you answer before I say this. Where, like, what kind of training would you recommend? I mean, keep in mind people have budgets and, you know, training is not cheap, but like, what do you recommend people do? Like, they want to start getting this knowledge. What do they do? Oh, uh, basic uh, CPR class. You know, that's, okay. that's accessible to everybody. And they go over the basics um, on how to pack. I don't know if they go over how to pack wounds, but you, you kind of get the idea of, hey, someone can't breathe. You can do uh, CPR. And I think CPR now is just chest compressions. They're not even saying to put your mouth on the other person's Count. mouth. Um, past even that, the counts are different than they used to be, the right? counts are different. You know, you're going to get basic yeah. knowledge for someone that doesn't know a lick about medicine to where, hey, someone can't breathe, chest compressions. I see blood, pack it. Um, if it's, uh, you know, a, a leg bleed, and I can't pack the the wound enough, and it's still bleeding. Throw a tourniquet on. Very simple. Right. Are there any classes? Are there any classes that you recommend? Like anything that's really good that you know of? So, for instance, I don't. You ever hear of Dark Angel Medical? Oh yeah, the guy's great. Like those. Oh yeah, yeah. That guy I heard is phenomenal, but he's nowhere near me, and he's not cheap. So to fly to him and then pay the course, it would be very expensive. And the other one was um, T Triple C, which is uh, for those that don't know, it's what is it? Tactical casualty casual combat care or something like that right yeah what it stands so for? uh t- tim's fro so look for a uh a tactical first aid tactical medicine um that is uh, i think it's a federally uh standardized medical tactical medicine course tim's fro okay t-e-m-s-f-r-o so i i've taken okay. that class before do you know what that costs? Like, is what's what there? Kind of so, fee is there so you that? go from CPR, that's very cheap, to I would say, you know, like t- wilderness, wilderness first aid. That's another one that's in a, provided by the organization that does CPR. I believe it's more advanced. You know, you're in the wilderness and you're hours from a hospital, so they go into more right. advanced training, and I think the cost goes up a little bit. Then I would look at uh, tactical first aid. Tim's Fro, First Responder Operational, I forgot the acronym. From there, then you're going to go to like Dark uh, Dark Angel. Um, yep. You know, a lot of the YouTubers, 
Um, John so there's Lovell. A there's a spectrum here. John Lovell. John Lovell. I forgot his yep. last name. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Uh, who's the other guy with the bald, the bald dude on YouTube? Um, that's really loud and and in your face. But I, I like him. Um, oh, I know who you're Jaeger? talking about. He's got the kind of like the goat. Yeah, yeah, James Jaeger. Yeah, yep. they, they're all they're all great people. And if there's one thing that I've I've heard that is consistent among um, special operations veterans, you know, eight, you know, uh, uh, tactical medicine, you know, veterans, they're they're like, look, you can learn something from everybody. You know, I, I it drives me nuts. People that go to these classes and they're like, oh, I don't like that guy. You get in what you get out. You get <laughs> yeah, out right. what you put in. I said that backwards. You get yeah. out I, what you put in. So you always go in with the mindset, I can learn something from everyone. If some guy says, look, take your stance and do a weaver instead of a Sosceles, and I'm always doing a weaver, I don't care. I'm going to do what he says for that one day, and then I can go back to how yep. I normally train. Just right. to, you might pick something up. You never yep, know. Challenge yourself to do things differently and go in with the mindset you're gonna. You can learn something from from everybody. But those courses, yeah, I just want to throw out. They, they just the cost goes up. Right. I just want to throw out that um for me, I wanted to get basic knowledge of how to basically stop leads, and I looked up a bunch of stuff. I looked up T Triple C, and I mean it was expensive and. And I found Stop the Bleed, and Stop the Bleed is a free course. Yep. I took the course for free, and I learned basically how to wound pack. I learned how to um, apply a tourniquet. Now, have I practiced? I have not practiced as much as I should, but I learned the basics. I feel that I could, and I should practice more, but I feel like I at least know a little bit about what I should be doing. Um, you know, and and that's it's free. I mean, anybody can take that at any time. They're all over the country, and it's like a national program. It's basically like first aid. You know, like it's a very basic. Yeah, stop the bleed is system. great. It was a federal initiative. I think it was um, through the Obama administration, and it just really got something right. It really got the word out to to the the public that you know there's very basic um, things that you can do to save people's lives. So you can just go to stopthebleed.org and there's a ton of information on there. There's resources for where to get trained, uh, for where to find an instructor. Uh, it's, it's, yep. it's, it's a great resource. Yeah, I, I agree. So I do want to talk a little bit more about your company. Um, so how I, like I said, how I found you is I wound up buying a product from you. And man, after talking to you, man, we look like follow the same YouTube people. Like I, I'm so glad I found you, man. Cause like, I feel like we have a lot in common here, but I, um, I purchased your Gen 4 tourniquet mm-hmm. because, again, I, I took the course and I wanted to, you know, I, I never bought a tourniquet. And I'm like, you know what? I need to buy a tourniquet. And I found your company because you guys, you're so impressive. Like your your website impressed the hell out of me. Um, so, Keith, you go on their website or I think it was their Instagram. They take their tourniquet and they put it on this. I don't know what that thing is you have, but it's like a, the recon ripper. Like a hydraulic. What is it? The recon ripper. Yeah, like they 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 put it on this hydraulic <laughs> thing, and they put like how how many how many pounds of pressure is it? So we uh, we we had we had to f- uh, put together a way to uh, do our quality control along the six sigma guidelines and and test all of our tourniquets, and so it, it is um uh it is a machine that uh, has a oh gosh I'm gonna forget the name of this tool, but it it, it m- measures. Oh, now I'm going to 
hear my wife uh, nagging me because I said, I say measure, not measure. It measures. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> it measures the force, the maximum amount of force in pounds per square inch when a tourniquet breaks. So you can use. So give, what give else have we number. tested besides tourniquets? What else have you put in this machine? <laughs> I'm, af- I'm afraid that we're so busy we haven't been able to play with it that much. But you can use it for uh, rigging, a lot of uh, climbing equipment. Um, you know, if okay. you're if you're, you know, your your uh, harness says good to a thousand pounds, you can put it on this machine and test it and see where it actually breaks. Uh, I'd be all. So over what that. was like fun. what was what was the Gen Four? Tell us what the number was. So the Gen Gen Four, I think, was twenty. They're around two thousand to twenty one hundred, twenty two hundred pounds. Where they typically break That's, at that weighs more how, than me. That weighs. Yeah. How crazy me. is that? <laughs> it's you know, it's really it, you're just building in your um uh say you know your safety margin. Do you need do you right. need two thousand pounds? Absolutely not. Do you need a thousand right. pounds? But it's over engineered, and that's good. It's over engineered. Yep. So that you know, it's obvious that you take pride in your in your product. Like that's that's what that tells me. And I was looking on your website. You guys are NTOA tested and recommended, which is the National Tactical Officers Association. So you have that sort of accolade, which Correct. is impressive. Um. Could you highlight some of your other products and tell us, uh, I know you have a lifetime guarantee. Like, I mean, how are you able to create, first off, this thing is very reasonably priced. So if you're out there looking for gear, I cannot stress this enough. The price was phenomenal. Yeah, the price point you. was great. On top of it, what you just said, quality product, 2,000 pounds on the Ripper. I love it. And then you offer a lifetime guarantee. Like, yeah. How are you guys able to do all this? Well, I mean, we, we offer, my opinion is we offer a world-class product. I mean, that's my, that's my goal is to offer the very best tourniquet in the world. And, you know, I feel like we're, we're delivering, um, you know, we, we, it was a little risky given a lifetime guarantee, but you know, the, the facts are, is that we have very, very few returns. I think we've had maybe a dozen returns, you know, from lifetime guarantee. And a lot of them are from people that have worn them on their gear. And over the course of two years, the, you know, the outside stitching is rubbed off, you know, because they're in a patrol car and it's just kind of rubbing against the seed just a little bit. And so the Kevlar stitching is frayed. And so they say, Hey, can I get a replacement? Absolutely. So, we haven't and i believe i i believe in people i I truly believe this most people are good people and people who are shopping your products they are going to appreciate what you're doing and what you're providing and they're not going to take advantage of you because they're going to realize wow like this is a great company and we don't want to see companies like yours go under you know what i mean so i think it's awesome that you're doing that yeah i think it's awesome that you're doing that and uh i just want to thank you for for the products you're putting out because i think they are tremendous um and it's just awesome. So it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And where can people find you online, social media? You know, what we're going to throw that in the show notes for anybody that wants to find Ryan and his company. But where can we find you guys? Yeah, reconmedical.com. Um, Recon Medical on Instagram, Recon Medical on uh, Facebook. And uh, we have a, f- a few YouTube videos. But I, I, I spend a lot of time on Instagram just because I feel like it's short and sweet to the point. 
you yep. know, and it's it's l- less politics. Facebook got too political. Yeah, I love. Me. I agree. I'm I'm starting to get really into um, Instagram. Yeah, myself, I'm like but, I don't um, want your beach body, man. I'm sorry. I'm really I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't want your shakes. I'm really sorry. I just don't. I don't want them. Thank you though. <laughs> do Do I get the beach body if I just drink the shakes? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. So, all right. So, Ryan, we have a tradition on this show, and we put every new guest that comes on through something we call Run and Gun. It's a little game. I'm going to ask you 10 questions, uh, and give me the first answer that comes to your mind. Sure. You down for that? Yep. Awesome. All right. Here we go. Number one, what is your favorite gun in your personal collection? Oh, Daniel Defense Mark 18. Oh, man. That's sweet. Mm. Uh, Number two, what gun would you buy if money was no object? Scar, Scar seventeen. Nah, yeah, yeah. yeah Barrett three thirty eight. Uh, I was gonna say a lot of no one said no one has said that yet. Okay, if you could have a drink with one person, living or dead, who would it be? Oh Jesus! Favorite caliber five five six. Favorite hobby not gun related. crossfit if you could have one superpower what would it be lead lead others leading being a leader all hell breaks loose is it better to be armed or trained trained is it better to be loved or feared loved rifle pistol or shotgun rifle you're in the worst scenario imaginable. Who do you want to have your six other than your spouse? Oh, you said other than my spouse. Come on, man. I, I did. <laughs> I? We don't want to make it too easy. You know what? I got, a, I, got, I got a friend that I've known since second grade, and I'm 38. So I probably have him by my side. Awesome. What's his name? Give him a shout out. Justin. Justin, stay school. Awesome. Let's mix it up. All right, guys. So today on Mixing It Up, we have our conversation of the day, and that is the hassles of carrying a gun. So everybody on the show right now, everyone has their pistol permit or the ability to carry a pistol. Um, And I don't know about you guys. I I love when I hear um, people talk about holsters and they go, this is the best holster I've ever had. It's like I don't even know I'm wearing the gun. I don't know about you guys, but that has never happened for me. I always know it's on never. me, and I find it to be a pain <laughs> in the balls. Yeah, not you're true. always uncomfortable. Like, you're lying. Exactly. So it's clearly carrying it is a it, it is there's conviction there, right? And you have to deal with what comes with carrying a gun. So yeah. what are some of the situations you find yourself in where having a gun is a hassle, and then what are some solutions you come up with to work around it? So I actually will start this one. Um, so for me, I have two total pains in the ass one is when i'm carrying in public and i have to go to the restroom mm-hmm. because it is just like what the heck man i gotta like you know <laughs> drop trow and like you know it is the worst and do you take the gun off and now you're you know now you're putting it somewhere and you could forget it and there's just there's all these terrible scenarios so that is one my workaround is that i when i drop trow i i actually put my my boxers i flip the the band over the holster and the gun so it actually covers it when it's around my ankles that is my workaround (laughs) (laughs) that's great 
Yeah, and it it works like a charm, but it, it is like a pain in the ass. It is a it is a process, you know. So I I, I try not to eat Mexican food when I'm uh, when I'm carrying. Um, that's my first one. My second one, and this hasn't. I just left the gun at home. I'm not going to lie. Going some doing something physical. Going bowling is my scenario. Like, what do you do? You got a gun on you. You're going to go bowling. Like, I mean, I'm afraid it's going to fly out. I mean, it's just it's a terrible scenario, and I haven't come up with a workaround, but. The one thing your, I've been thinking, got to put it in your bowling ahead. bag. Yeah, exactly. No, but that is actually it, Keith. That's my answer. I think you have to go with an off carry situation. So I usually, if I'm going to go bowling, I'm with my wife, I'm with my family. It would be in some sort of a off body carry, and like I would be like, "Hun, I'm bowling. Like you got to have this thing, you know, yeah, yeah secure. Like you're well, you're in the, charge right now. That's the problem. That's the hassle part of it, right? Yeah, and, and it is a hassle, you know. So those are my two. Those are my two hassles and my workarounds. I mean, that's the best I could do. But sometimes it just sucks to carry yeah. a gun. So, um, Ryan, why don't you go next? Well, uh, I I switch to appendix carry because I want to okay. carry a full size and a spare mag. And mm-hmm. it for, for for a while it took me a long time to get over my my gun pointing at my my, my balls. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't oh, do yeah. it. At, I tried. Oh gosh! At, well, at one point, I was talking to a an officer uh, friend of mine, and we were talking. We were at church, and we were talking about carrying. And I, it was just like, dude, I, I'm freaking out right now. My gun is it's I got one in the pipe, and it's pointing at my nuts. I, I got to get out of here. And <laughs> just, everyone goes through I was, that. When I was first panicking. Came, I was just couldn't could just grasp me i'm like i could lose my twins right now <laughs> so <laughs> uh, so eventually i just realized hey i got two kids so you know what's it's the, okay what's the big deal at least i wouldn't have to go in and get the procedure the, vas- the vasectomy so and i it hasn't uh you know negligent you know accidentally discharged yet so i'm good Good for you. So far, yeah. good. Good, good. So I think it's just carrying yeah. it. You know that having the full size pistol with me gives me a lot more confidence in. You know, I feel safer with it versus that is my most comfortable. I love having it there, but I cannot get past it. Yeah. I've tried. I, I bought a gun specifically for it. The only thing I'm thinking I might just for that reason, I eventually I might get like a double action, single action. So that double action kind of gives me a little more confidence, yeah. but mm-hmm. I can't get past it. I, I just can't. I think it's going to, it's better for your hips too. I've heard of a lot of law enforcement is. that have the gun on their hip and it, it pushes your, your hips out of alignment. So having appendix carry right in, in the front, it's, I kind of have to position it when I get in the car, but at least it's not pushing right. on one side of my hip. Yeah. I have the same I, problem with the appendix too. And when I get in the car, I got to move it. Yeah. I always picture my non-gun friends, my like anti-guns, like me blowing my nuts off, and then them like, <laughs> and laughing at you. Yeah, I, like, I, I, I can't. I'm not anti-gun, and I'd laugh at you. <laughs> I got two kids. Oh, Wife's man. done. I'm like, you know what? I could have one more. So if it happened to me, as long as it didn't hit the the main, you know, the main member, then I think that right. you know she would be like, okay, well that that settles that for not having any more kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Keith, what do you got for us, man? What's your inconvenience? Well, for me, you know, I, I, I carry a full, uh, you know, a full-size gun most of the time, but like we've already talked about quite a few times, I'm a bigger person, so I, I hide it pretty well. But for me, it's summer clothes. I, I have to switch to a smaller gun in the, in the summertime. I carry a snub-nose 38 most of the time in the summer because it's just easier to fit in my shorts or 
um, you know, somewhere inconspicuous, a cargo shorts that I wear, something like that. Um, it's just too difficult to to carry a full size gum in the in the summer and not have enough clothing to to stop the printing and and all that stuff. So, um, so that's that's my hassle. I I'd much rather you know carry a full size gun, but in the summertime I have to carry something smaller. And the other one is no matter when I'm carrying small gun, big gun, whatever, when I forget that I'm going from a public scenario where I feel like I need to be carrying a gun to maybe a family scenario where I don't necessarily need to be carrying a gun. Um, You know, at my own house, it's fine. I put my gun back in my safe when I'm done with it or whatever the case may be. But when I go to like my parents or other family members or even friends' houses and I'm carrying a gun and I'm like, oh man, I don't no, should I really be walking into this house with this gun on me or not? You know, that, that's, that's a hassle for me. Um, my solution has been, you know, leaving it in a, in a car locked or in a, in a glove box locked or something like that, but it's not an ideal situation. So I have actually a good workaround for you for that. Um, they sell these things that go into the console of your vehicle. Now I have a really big console in my truck, but yeah, I think they make them for your car as well. It, it's like a, it's a lock box. And I, re- I recommend that like there, there's lots of options, but Having a lockbox in your cars, it's a great thing to have. Yeah, know, I've seen all, all I've, kinds I've, of reasons. I've definitely seen them. I've just not, you know, really pulled the trigger, so to speak, on on getting yeah. one. But you know, it's it's it is. I've gotten it now to where it's a little bit rare. Most of the time, it's not a big deal if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm carrying with friends or family. Most of my friends or family are okay with it, even if they're not necessarily gun owners. Um, right. I'm I'm a very open person about it. I don't know how everyone else is, but when I go somewhere. And I, and I end up that I realize I'm really carrying. I, I always realize I'm carrying, but you know what I'm saying? Um, I'll, I'll ask before I come in, I'll be like, Hey, you know, I'm carrying right now. Is it okay if I keep it on or would you rather me put it in my car? You know, and that's really good of you. I have a friend who I know and it's, it needs to be bolted down in your car. So someone can't grab yeah, it and yeah, run I, off with it or else it just turns into yeah. a liability. I mean, the truth of the matter is, yeah. is that it's a sacrifice. You know, yeah. it's a sacrifice yeah, of carrying. I mean, there's times that Agreed. my, you know, wife and, and kids are playing at the playground and I'm carrying and I'm like, I, I can't, I can't go on there and play with the kids because yep. I'm right. carrying and I don't want my gun to fall yep. out. Yeah. It's so good to hear that other people go through this though, you know, cause like I, I've had that same scenario and I'm like, maybe I'm being like overly cautious, but you're, but I'm not obviously. And it's good to hear other people say that, you know, I, I, Keith, you, you mentioned going to people's houses. I have a friend who I know is adamantly against guns and I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm going to pay you a compliment, which is really hard for me to do, but I'm going to do it. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you know, like I will not go into his house with a gun. Like I've had a gun on me and I go, I pull him in his driveway and I leave it in my lockbox in my car because I respect the fact that he doesn't agree with my point of view. And I think is when anyone to feel uncomfortable. No, but even, but you know, you could do it without him knowing, but the bottom line is. The bottom line is I respect you for paying that respect to other people because it's important as gun owners that we do that. It, you know, well, I think yes. it comes back. I think it comes back to sort of this liability and responsibility that Ryan was sort of mentioning, you know, yeah. gosh forbid I didn't say anything. Right. And uh, something happened and, uh, you know, I don't know, their dog jumped on me and uh, the gun, you know, fell out of its holster. I don't know, something crazy. Right. You know, yep. Um, and I wouldn't, I would hate for that to happen and it be somebody that I'm super close with and, and all because I wanted to carry a gun in their house, yeah. you know, we're, like it right. we're stewards of the second amendment. So Agreed. we have to approach this differently as, as someone else. I wouldn't walk into 
Starbucks carrying because I know that they're very anti-gun. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't. I'm just saying that my own personal opinion is, is that I want to respect right. a company that says, look, we are not pro-gun, we're anti-gun. And that's part of the great thing about this country is that we have the I freedom. I respect them by not buying a Starbucks. We, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, you know, Ryan, like I, 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 we've never met in person, but I have like a, a half sleeve tattoo on my one arm. And one of the elements of that sleeve, one thing it says is a, it, it says, a, it's a quote, it says, a man must have a code. And like that, that doesn't mean my code is the same as your code. But what it means to me is that I have a code. Yeah. So like what you're saying is exactly that, like your code, what you feel comfortable with, you have to stand behind that with a hundred percent conviction. So like, that's just a really important thing. So I don't want to like go too much far down that rabbit hole, but no, but I, I, I think I, we, we all seem to be on the same page with that. And I, it's, uh, it, you know, Ryan, I think you said it best. We're, we're good stewards of the second amendment. That's what we're about on this show for sure. And it's, we love hearing from guests that are that way too. Well, I think it's time for the boys to sit around and shoot the shit. All right. Uh, today on shooting the shit, we have a question. This is the segment where we talk about something other than guns. And today is what's a new skill, talent, or hobby you would like to learn in the next year? So, Ryan, I'm going to let you go first on this one. I want to learn how to race in Vora uh, and uh, Best in the Desert, which is a off-road racing kind of like score, Baja 1000. Um, That's cool. Desert yeah, racing. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. We bought a, a UTV, car guy. a Can-Am, 2019 Can-Am UTV, and we've been slowly working on it in our garage, getting it race ready. It's just a very, it's a cool. very base that's model. The new, that's the new thing to do in that kind of, in that kind of race, right? It's, I mean, yeah. everybody's. Yeah, it's cheap. They're not as, they're not as yep. fast. They're not as cool as the big, the big trucks, but it makes Well, it, it's not a hundred grand, but you still got to spend some money to get into it and do it well. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, they're, they're pretty, but you're not, you know, yeah, you're not spending, you know, they're pretty cool. It's like attainable for the average person. You know, is right, it a sacrifice right. to get into it? You know, we, we're, we're, we believe in debt free. I'm, I am not, I don't go. The only thing I owe money on is my house. So I believe everyone should live with limited awesome. minimal debt. Um, so it, it, you know, if you, you could go in and put 50,000 on in, in a line of credit and debt and get one of these cars. But if you're going to do this cheap, you can buy a used car. You can do the work yep. yourself. You learn as you go and it makes it attainable for the average, average person. And it's just, That's it's cool. just cool, man. It's just, it's nothing like being in a car awesome. and you got a radio headset and you got your co-pilot that's <laughs> navigating for you, and you're just balls to the wall, driving yep. as fast as you can, and to the you know, floorboard the whole time. Throw right? some some music on, some Leonard Skinnerd, maybe some Led Zeppelin. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, a big car guy, so like you're you're speaking his language oh, right it's now. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I've I've been uh, very fortunate. We've we've talked about it a couple times on the show, but I've I've grown up around cars my entire life. And, uh, you know, at my peak, I was, uh, taking care of a two and a, you know, well over $2 million car collection and, um, you know, just crazy experiences that probably, I I should really probably, uh, write a book about all the different cars I've driven. I, I, I can't count. So I have to say, Ryan, I, it is gonna be very hard to compete with your, with your, uh, skill, talent, or hobby that you want to learn in the next year. That that's an awesome one. But, uh, Keith, what do you got for us? Well, I think Ryan will appreciate mine. After after talking with Ryan, I definitely need some trauma care training. 
Um, <laughs> and no more of this putting a Band-Aid and Neosporin on and uh, boo-boo kids. <laughs> so, uh, Keith, I, you know, it's funny. I um, Now that you've said that, I was going to say this earlier, but I'm glad you brought this up. I actually want to throw a challenge out to you. So I've taken the Take the Bleed course. Um, you know, I told you, I said that earlier. But, you know, I think it's good to, like, refresh it. And I actually want to throw a challenge out to you. I think in the next year, you and I should take a few uh, first aid, basic CPR, those kind of things together. How do you feel about that? I, I'm in for it. I mean, I, I really think we need to be, uh, you know, next time we go to a, a board meeting at the club, we need to bring, bring up that up. The fact that we don't have some of this, uh, you know, this uh, trauma care uh, stuff. I agree. Equipment. I agree. But I really want to, I want to take some training too. And, and Keith, I, I think that we, you and I should hold each other accountable to that. And I think we should definitely do that. Okay. Yeah. As long as I can crack some jokes while we're doing it, it's fine. Absolutely. Dude, you can always crack jokes around me. All right, so I'm going to do mine, guys. Um, for me, I actually have two. My first one is I've never actually shot any kind of like IDPA course. I've never, um, I've never done any kind of like I've done course of fires, I've done trainings, but I've never done like a competitive like run and gun kind of thing. And I really want to do one of those. Um, the other, the other one is a weird one. So I follow this guy. Uh, his name is Daniel Shaw. I don't know if you ever heard of him, Ryan, Keith. You ever hear of him? He's an ex-Marine. He's, he does training courses and he's just a cool dude. I used to listen to his podcast back in the day and his Instagram, he posted that he just as a hobby started doing lock picking. And man, there's something yeah. about that growing up, like watching like all the like, the like Carrying spy a gun movies with lock picks in your truck. Uh, Freaking cool, man. But here's the deal. So I actually looked into it. It is not illegal to own lock picks and it's actually Correct. not uh, illegal to practice lock picking. It's just illegal to have any sort of illegal intent to use that. So I, I just think it's a, a cool, yes, or a felon, yep. but I am not, I do not have any intent of doing anything illegal and I am not a felon. Yep. So I can do this. I just think it's, they said it's kind of like mind puzzles, like kind of like almost like doing like crosswords and like getting your mind to kind of think, uh, three dimensionally and stuff. So I, that's just something I think would be kind of cool. The kits are like 30 bucks. You buy like a little lock that's clear and you can practice to see the tumblers and, well, I, I certainly I, lock my keys in my car every once in a while, so it'll be good you for go. you to know how to do it, and then you there can you go, over man. and save me. Yeah, I think it would be cool. I, I just it's something for like thirty bucks, like sitting around the house, just kind of like tinkering around. I I just dig on training cool stuff. So, so for me, it's IDPA kind of run and gun stuff and lock picking. Brian, I just want to thank you for being on the show. It's great meeting like minded people, and so uh, just do me a favor, give us one more time uh, all your socials, just so we can make sure people find you guys. Not your social security number, just how we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, recallmedical.com. Uh, right now, we're directing everyone to purchase through Amazon, but we will soon allow people to purchase directly from our our company. Uh, well, have their own shopping cart on the website. Um, for the time being, just go to our website. Click on the product, and I'll direct you to Amazon, Instagram, Recon Medical, Facebook, Recon Medical. We have some YouTube videos, Recon Medical. Awesome, man. Thank you. If you like this episode, you could support the show by hitting the subscribe and share buttons. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Gun Experiment so we can keep the conversation going. Ryan, Keith, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate both of you, and uh, it was an awesome episode. Thank you so much. Yeah, great talking to you both. Awesome. Thanks, guys. It's great. Take care.